You're listening to The Magnet Podcast. Hello, you're listening to The Magnet Theater Podcast. I'm your host, Louis Kornfeld. My guest today is Cypher Sounds. Thanks yeah. for being here, man. Wait, what is this? The Magnet Theater Podcast. Oh, I'm in the wrong place. That's cool. I thought so. <laughs> yeah, this is not right. <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks for coming in. I'm sorry for Magnum. the hassle. Mag- no. Yeah, I thought we were talking about large condoms. <laughs> no. We could, but no, I, I don't not, have, I don't have a lot to say. Uh, yeah. No. Nah, thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks very much for being here. Appreciate it. I want to uh, ask you a question to start off about a story I heard about you. Please. Uh, uh, I read about yeah. a time where you made Christina Gauss cry because oh. you were doing a show of hers. Yeah. And uh, and she found out that you were you were DJing for Jay-Z and Beyonce. I don't know what tour you were on. Yeah. But you canceled your party oh. tour early to come in to uh, be part of Christina's show? Yes. I don't remember exactly. But that's a true that's yeah, a true yeah, story. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was I was uh I wasn't DJing on the tour. Mm-hmm. I was doing like after party stuff. Okay. But I was definitely like in the in the realm of J and B. Yeah. And then uh and then she asked me to do I forget what show it was. I think it was uh I think she was called it had like a Spanish name. Oh, I forgot the name of it. But anyway, yeah. she yeah, Evan's thinking about it right yeah. now. He'll come up with that. Yeah. And then uh, yeah, so I can't I canceled the last one to come be on her free show. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I can understand why that would make her cry. Uh, uh, cry. I don't know if it should make her cry. Maybe it made her very, it made her yeah. feel very proud. And yeah, yeah I mean, it's, a, it's a, it, you know, what in, in improv, I don't know, maybe, maybe this isn't your experience of it, but you, you only have like a handful of moments where you feel like really proud of the work you're doing as an yes, improviser. True. It's, it's not like people aren't the most committed to things in the world of improv. It, it's hard to be committed because it's a lot of time for no money and, little accolades. Yeah. So it's, I can see how people like, wa- I say like they wander away from it. Yeah. After a while. So, yeah. So what yeah, is I it? I love Gausses. Yeah. Oh, who doesn't? How yeah. can you not? Yeah. So I, I get- always, sorry, when I first started doing improv, I used to go see her show uh, at UCB. Um, why am I blanking on all the names? I don't know. It's really, it's a really shitty day out today. Yeah. And the rain is And I was home all day head. doing nothing. Was it uh, uh, Adsit and Gauss's? No. It w- was it? Uh, well, yeah, Let's Have a Ball. Let's Have a Ball. Yeah. Let's Have a Ball. So I would go see Let's Have a Ball on Saturdays and then I would go get something to eat and then I would go see um, Ruru, Death by Ruru. Yeah. Uh, sorry for the show that was before Death by Ruru. No disrespect, but I was hungry. Um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure that's not the first time. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm, mis- I'm, I'm mistaken. That was Fridays. Uh-huh. Saturdays was, uh, let's have a ball. And then, yeah, and then, and I would not stay late for the curfew. Uh-huh. And then the curfew eventually took the let's have a ball spot. Anyway, yeah. Sorry, sorry curfew. Yeah, sorry, curfew. So <laughs> what, what, is it, what is it about improv that would have you do something like that? Cancel, cancel a, a much better paying? Yeah. <laughs> job and go out of your way to change your flight uh, to come into it i don't know um i don't know i have this strange love for improv also i got into improv much later in life than normal improvisers yeah so i'm always feeling like i'm on a constant mission to catch up yeah so i'm trying to absorb as much as i can because a lot of people got into it college maybe even high school 
you know, and I got into it like in my thirties. So I was like, oh man, I got to like try to, um, see as much improv as I can. Cause I want to be on that level of a lot of my people that I like. You yeah. Know? So let's talk about that. How, what, what, how'd you find it? Uh, a friend. Oh no, actually my radio, when I was on the radio, I used to be on a radio station called hot 97. If you don't know anything about me, you were already for anyone who doesn't already know this, listening to it, you were already huge on hot 97 yeah. way before you started improvising, oh, yeah, yeah. Which, puts, to, which puts you on the completely opposite trajectory of everybody else in improv. Yeah. Yeah, I like to fly a plane straight into the ground <laughs> as opposed to taking off into the sky. <laughs> um, yeah, so I had the morning show. By the time I started improv, I had the morning show on Hot 97, which is the highest sh- spot you can get. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Unless you take over Funkmaster Flex spot, which is at night. But the morning show is still uh, more uh, coveted. He just likes nighttime. So uh, my producer... Oh, so when I became uh, the morning show host you become like the boss. Like if you're the lead mic, which is like the main guy, it's like you become like the boss. And I had to like become a boss of about five other people in the room, which I wasn't uh, necessarily accustomed to. Mm. So he said I was kind of stiff because I wasn't just being creative and funny. And on the radio, I was delegating responsibilities and it took, you know, put me in my head a little bit. Mm. So then he was like, you should take an improv class, you know, loosen up, figure out how to like manage all this stuff together. I was like, yeah, all right, I'll check it out. I was already doing stand up, And he's like, yeah, go check out an improv uh, show. And so we went one night, went to a Harold night at UCB. And <laughs> I never, I was in there for two years. After I saw that show, I signed up like, I don't know, for classes like a couple weeks later and was just in there every night just watching shows. Studying. It was the same thing for me the first time I, when I did my first UCB class, you'd see me in the same seat for about a year. Yeah. I was there, I don't know, five nights a week. Yeah. I had the same seat. The back, if you're on the stage looking at the audience, the, the seats right in front of you, top left. Yeah. Because it was, um, they were two uh, regular chairs, not theater chairs. I guess they like jammed two chairs in there because they were like, oh, we could get two more people here. Yeah. And it's not a fire hazard because it was the last row. And I would just sit in that corner because I was I felt very out of place in the beginning. And I would just sit there and just watch shows. Yeah. And I eventually I figured out how to like, you know, like what time to go so I could be in the front of the line so I could get that seat. Yeah. And like I figured out all the tricks. That's what you do on the UCB line. It's like figuring out what subway car to be in to have like the perfect exit for your stop. Yeah. You eventually just like know exactly like when and where to stand for everything. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. So, so like, what was it that pulled you in? Um, I mean, I don't know. It was just like uh, the amazement of it being all made up. Yeah. And this is like, you know, when you first watch improv, you have no idea of the like tactics used to create improv. You right. think it's literally like, I mean, it is all made up, but there's like certain rules and guidelines you have to follow. So I was just watching, it was this group called Dance Break. Uh, it wasn't that big of a team, but to me, it's like important because it was like my first show. And, um, and I just watched, just, I just watched a show where I was just like in shock of how they just came up with that. And I was cracking up, laughing out loud, which I watched tons of comedy. And, you know, when you're in it, you don't necessarily laugh like a regular audience member. Cause you're like, Oh, I do this too. You know? Mm-hmm. And I was like laughing out loud and I was like, okay, this is this is great. How That's do they do yeah. this? I have to figure this out. Yeah. I have to like, when I was a kid, I used to 
pull apart my grandmother's stereo system trying to figure out how it worked. And it was like the same thing for improv. Like, how do they get... I saw Connor Ratcliffe <laughs> like kick someone's head off of a roof in the show. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, I'm, yeah, this is, I do this now. That's it. This is what I do now. <laughs> <laughs> but so I, th- I mean, you're already, you're already like really big by this point. Was this, this was 2011. So you'd already done Chappelle show. Yeah. You were, you were DJing Chappelle show for yep. anybody who doesn't Yeah. Yeah. DJ on Chappelle show. And I guess it was like, oh, two, oh, three, oh, four yeah. around there. So you're already doing stand up. Yeah. Uh, uh, you're already like huge in music. Uh, uh, you're huge on, on Hot 97. Yeah. Um, I would imagine it would be easy to say that you don't need to go through improv classes to be part of this scene. So I'm, I'm, I'm super curious about what that experience was like. What, what, like, what, what was your, what was your take on the classes? Uh, wait, just to backtrack, you say I wouldn't have to take classes to be in the scene. Yeah. Like, like I could get a show somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. I I wouldn't feel right. I mean, it's not even, I didn't even care about getting a show at the time. I wanted to know how Just crack this it. magic was being performed. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, then later on, as I got into it, then I was like, oh, I want to do this on a stage. Then I figured out how to get a show. But um, um, yeah, I guess I could have like, if I knew about the scene and didn't want to take classes, I could have weaseled my way into having like some kind of monthly show somewhere. Mm-hmm. Like, right. That's what I was doing with stand up. Yeah. Um, yeah, the classes were, uh, rough at first. So I started, uh, I started going to therapy around the same time as I was taking improv. So I noticed a lot of the words were similar, like (laughs) initiating Uh and like listening, you know what I'm saying? Like, so it was kind of a weird, uh, a weird couple of years where like I was taking therapy and doing improv at the same time. Before both of those things, I was super shy, antisocial. Like once I got on stage and I was like DJing or 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 doing stand up, I the character of Cipher Sounds exploded. Mm-hmm. But off the stage and not in the DJ booth, I was like in the corner, quiet, just to myself. It was it, it actually hindered a lot of my uh, progress in life because I would like be scared to go to certain meetings or meet certain people. Um, so improv helped a lot, but my first class ever was like us. It was like, a, I think it was like July. So there was a lot of kids that w- went to school in other States and they came to New York mm-hmm. just to take UCB classes. Mm-hmm. A lot of college kids. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I remember it was weird. Like most of the kids in my class were not from New York. Yeah. So, um, I was the oldest one, the only non-white, uh, and I don't know. It was, it was rough. Like no one talked to me at one one Yeah. Like except in scenes, but no, like I always tell this story. There was like the girl who sent around the paper so everyone could sign up their email or their Facebook. And then they'd form like a group mm-hmm. and the paper never came to me. Oh, and I was like, you bitch. So in 201, I brought the paper <laughs> <laughs> and I already had my name and email, uh, like printed yeah. on the on the paper, and then I handed it. Hey guys, we should start a group because I had to learn from one on one. Like, how come they didn't, you know, send the paper to me? It might have been just an oversight, but I took it personal. Sure, at the time. Yeah, yeah. And then um, there was like some references that I had no idea what they were talking about, 
there were some references I made that they had no idea what I was talking about and just had to, you know, now I look back and laugh. But at the time I was like, what do I do? How do I figure this out? You know? And then that's how I learned how to, because it was a, I remember there was this one scene where this guy was like, you broke my Kerouac magnet. And I was like, okay, I know what a magnet is. Uh-huh. <laughs> what the fuck is a Kerouac magnet? What is it? And, well, Kerouac, like the writer. Oh. But I had to learn. I didn't know what he was talking about. And everybody got laughed. Oh, it's a magnet of. Oh. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Like, you know, it's a Jack Kerouac. Yeah. Yeah. Some kind of, he's like, you broke my Kerouac magnet. But the, but then the, the suggestion might've been like on the road or camping or loner or something. Yeah. So he goes, you broke my Kerouac magnet. And I was like, ah, oh, he's upset about a magnet. Let me just play this at. <laughs> I was like, oh, dude, I'm sorry. He's like, I'll never get this again. I'm like, I didn't know how valuable it was. And then afterwards, I was like, uh, what's Kerouac? Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, so it was weird in the beginning. Yeah. So, that, like, I don't know. That would probably, like, that experience in a level one class would probably have me feeling kind of, like, isolated and alienated. I don't know if I'd be, I don't know if I'd be too driven to sign up for a level two class after that. I might walk away just being like, that's yeah. not for me. Yeah, but the shows. Yeah. Like, the classes, it, huh? classes were rough. But watching the shows at night, yeah. I was like, well, I got to get it. This is amazing. I got to get in this. Yeah. Have to. Yeah. Whatever the cost. And also, I was trying to get over my fears, stuff like that. So it was like all happening at the same time. Yeah. Did that get better over? Yeah. Then they like the, the, the last class was good. Then the, the class show was fun. And we went out afterwards for drinks. And then everyone was cool. And I was like, I was in my head the whole time. Mm-hmm. They were, you know. I definitely look a little out of place. I was the only, like, New Yorker. I definitely don't look like a normal improv student mm-hmm. at the time, especially. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, I, I could have just been more friendly or friendlier and, and got over that weird thing I was feeling. Yeah. And then 201, uh, Chris Gethard hits me on Twitter. And it was just like, dude, do you take improv classes at UCB with, like, crazy question marks at the end. And I was like, yeah, I do. I was like, I didn't even know who he was, but just somebody asking me about UCB. I was like, yeah, I'm in, cl- I'm in a class right now. We're in our break. He's like, that's so <laughs> cool. What you know? And then uh, when I walked out of class, cause then after he, he tweeted me, I looked at his picture. Yeah. Then when I walked out of class, he was sitting in the lobby and then he knew who I was. And like Gethard from that point on, uh, helped me a lot. Gave me like, you know, advice and guidance and improv nerd shit. Yeah. Like I went to, uh, he was the coach of Dance Break, the first team I saw. Mm-hmm. And I asked him if I could sit in on a practice session. And he goes, no one's ever done that before. And I was like, I don't, he's like, I'll ask him. And they were all like, wait, what? Cypher Sounds wants to sit in on our practice? And they let me sit in. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And I, I learned a lot. You Really? Yeah. What, like what? Because like when you're learning, like when you're in 101, 201, especially 201, you know, it's super hard. Yeah. So I was watching like a group that got me into it in the first place. And then I'm watching them like, uh, like I basically was getting a free show with notes. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And um, it just, it, you know, Gethard saying something to them. And it, I, I don't remember what it was, but at the time, something clicked. And I was like, oh, you don't have to 
do that. Or you could say no, but mean yes. Mm-hmm. Something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, like you don't have to literally say the word yes. You have to say yes in the scene, not physically say the word. And I was like, oh, okay, now I understand. Like, rule, you got to learn the rules, then you can break them. Yeah. So then flash forward a couple of years. Yeah. You now create, uh, take a personal at, uh, at UCB East. Yeah. How, how, when did that show start? It's been four years now. Okay. So what's the math? 15, 12, uh, no. 2012. Yeah, 2012, 2011, 2012. No, it has to be later than that. 13. 13. Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. It's a rainy day. So I know. It's brain is and it's an off today. note. It's like an odd number. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, um, so explain, uh, take it personal. All right. So basically it's, uh, uh, an improv, an improv show where I get, uh, it used to be just rappers. Mm-hmm. Now I say hip hop celebrities. Cause I might get, uh, somebody who ran a label or famous A&R or someone who works at a hip hop magazine and they come on stage, tell real life stories and then we do a show inspired by those stories. Mm-hmm. So if you know what ASCAT is, mm-hmm. it's basically a hip-hop ASCAT, but not. I don't, I don't like saying that in the improv world because mm-hmm. it's not ASCAT. But to, to explaining it to outsiders, that helps. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's just, you know, based off of hip-hop. I just get hip-hop people. And if I don't get a guess, I ask the crowd for like either hip-hop, their favorite hip-hop lyric, or... Uh, an experience they had with a hip hop artist. Mm-hmm. And there's always like college kids that was like two chains threw chicken at me at our college show, you know, something <laughs> right. like that. Like yeah. action Bronson threw a TV at me <laughs> <laughs> every week. There's stories every week. I saw Fetty Wap in an elevator, you know, like stuff like that. Yeah. So you've been, you've been like really active in, uh, kind of uh, making a bridge between the hip hop world and the improv comedy yeah, world. Not, not just to. comedy, but like improv comedy specifically. Yeah. Um, so I'd love to hear you talk about that. Now. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just two things I love uh, now, two things I'm good at. Yeah. Um, and I, so originally, I was just trying to figure out a way to get on stage. And, you know, I had to have a talk with myself and I was like, look, you're, Somebody in this other world, maybe there's a way you can transfer that into the improv world to speed this process along a little bit because I had auditioned a couple times, didn't get on. I was like pissed off. So I was like, all right, it's time. You'd, to- you'd audition a few times for Harold teams yeah. and didn't get on. Yeah. So I think that information is probably going to make a few people listening to this feel relieved. No, well, back, yeah, please be relieved because I, this is going to sound crazy. <laughs> My first audition. When the list came out of the people that got on, I cried Yeah, at a restaurant with my wife. She wasn't my wife at the time, but she's who's now my wife. And I cried and she was like, what the fuck is wrong with you? And I was like, I have to excuse myself. And I went to the bathroom. I had to wet, put water in my face. Yeah. And I, no, nah, I mean, I didn't ball out, but I definitely like got angry. And it's like, emotional. I, it, it, you, you put a lot of, you, you really want it. You put a lot of care into it. You put a lot of work into it. Yeah. And did I get a call back that year? Yeah. I had to get a call back. Cause that's how I figured out. Yeah. yeah. So I got a call back and didn't get on and I was pissed. And, uh, I just auditioned last, last one and didn't get on. I didn't cry this time. Yeah. Now I just curse people out like they fucking suck but uh i was still upset you know what i'm saying yeah 
And I, and everyone's like, you have your own show. I'm like, so what? It doesn't matter. Yeah. Trying to get on a Harold team. And back then it was only Harold teams. So you either got on a Harold team or you didn't. Now there's like, you get on a Lloyd team mm-hmm. and try to figure out how to get on a Harold. Uh, people now, like everyone, not everyone, a lot of people on Harold night right now are people I took classes with and people I practiced with and had indie groups with. And I'm like, what the, f- what's happening? Why can't I get crack this? It's code, yeah. you know what I'm saying? And it's a lot of other things. But anyway. Um, it's, but it's still bothering you. I mean, even still, after, yeah. Yeah, it still bothers me yeah. to this day. And then the last time I auditioned, you heard like the, you heard like the theory like, ah, oh, you just got to not care. You know, just go in not caring. Yeah. So that's what I did this time. And I got <laughs> uh, two callbacks. Uh-huh. I was like, yeah, I don't care. Whatever. Yeah. I don't care. Then you get the callback and you're like, now I, I care. care a little yeah. bit, but no, nah, I don't care. I don't care. Then I get in there and then got the second call back. And I was like, nah, you still don't care. And then I didn't get it. And I'm yeah. like, I, I cared. I cared too much. Yeah. It's good advice, but. I know it doesn't matter. It doesn't work. Yeah. The advice is what people who are on. Right. Tell are, you are to trying try to, to be helpful the, and yeah. find a way to, to, to offer you something that yeah. really they can't really offer you. Yeah. There's no, I don't, I don't know if there's a trick. Yeah. I my second callback wasn't great. The first one was great. Yeah. Second one was okay. I think it was okay enough to get on. I think there was people in my group who, uh, did as much as I did and got on, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So why didn't I get on? Anyway. Uh, but anyway, yeah, so I figured out a way to offer, bring my hip hop status. Because I remember, oh, you know what it was? In a lot of classes, I'd hear a lot of hip hop references. Uh, I'd hear like wire references. Like at the time, that's when I discovered that white people love the wire. Here's what white people love. <laughs> I'm going to school you. I don't know how white you are. I'm, I'm pretty white. What about you listening over there? Jacob, pretty white, right? White people love the air horn. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know they are. Love that. Yeah, okay. White people love the wire. Uh huh, yeah. (laughs) And white people love our Kelly Ignition remix. Okay. So I use those three pieces of information. Great. (laughs) And I cracked into this white improv world. Great. I don't give a. I don't care about race, color, none of that stuff. <laughs> I really don't. I don't care white people, black people. No, I, it doesn't affect me in any way in life. I love everybody. Yeah. But I did notice that there was always these little whisperings and murmurs of diversity. Mm-hmm. So I used that to my advantage. I was like, oh, you want diverse? Well, I can get hip hop artists to come to the theater and create a hip hop show. And that will bring a diverse audience, which it does. Mm-hmm. And, and I just used it to my advantage. I just wanted to get a show at UCB. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it worked. Yeah. But I'm not, I put my all into the shows. Sure. You know? Yeah. The great pack there. Sold out every week. Yeah. You know? For years. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I don't, I sometimes announce the guests, sometimes don't. I keep it a mystery. But, uh, oh yeah, my first, <laughs> the, the, oh, the reason why I said the wire thing, my first show was supposed to be the RZA from the Wu-Tang Clan. Mm-hmm. And in my mind, oh, white people also love Wu-Tang. Yeah. In my mind, uh, <laughs> Wu-Tang <laughs> rapper. So I like that white people like air horns. Yeah, <laughs> I got a whole list. <laughs> I got a whole list of things white people love. Yeah. Uh, 
All right, so, so, so RZA was going to was RZA gonna agreed to do, do it. And to me, yeah. it was like, okay, he's the perfect guest. Yeah. Rapper, uh, actor, uh, you know, everything is the perfect guest for what I wanted to yeah, do. He's it, really funny. Donald Glover would be the ultimate guest. Yeah. Uh, and then I thought RZA was, was the next best thing. I didn't know Donald Glover at the time. Uh, I knew RZA, so I asked RZA to do it. And then, so I hosted a Harold night to promote my show coming up that weekend. And I, what I did was I got me and two other improvisers to uh, read. Uh, we did something like, oh, I had one girl, Lily Do. She acted as, uh, a, she's like a martial arts expert. Mm-hmm. So she did some martial arts because I was like RZA, Wu-Tang martial arts. Then I had this other kid, Keaton, read RZA lyrics. And then I had Marlo from The Wire come out from backstage. That's cool. And the crowd lost their shit. Like they're like, cause I, cause I was like, we got, um, Jackie Chan, but it was really my friend Lily. Mm. And then I, I forget who Keaton was. I was like, we got Keaton. So-and-so Keaton Patty. I forget who I said he was. So then I said, Oh, we got Jamie Hector Marlo from the wire. So they're expecting another joke. And it really was him. And the audience is like, <gasps> and then I, I made them say, classic lines from the wire episodes he was on and then uh and then yeah but then RZA didn't show up he couldn't come the day he was shooting so then i had nori do it noriega but uh it was still great yeah and that's when they were just trying it as like a a one-off show and then i tried i did one more and then after that they were like oh this is a weekly show we gotta do a weekly show yeah and here we are that's great yeah i want to i want to talk for a sec about diversity yeah because i there's like two like one thing with, with improv in general is just, you can be really funny. The, yeah. the, I mean, there's just like some improv that just like hits you in the gut and, mm-hmm. and it's super funny. But then there's another side of improv where there's a kind of, there's a connection between the performer and the audience. That's a little bit different than any other kind of performance that I can think of. The, yeah. it, not only, I mean, there's that thing where like, there's certain jokes that you just have to be in that room that night for them to True. mean anything to you. Yes. But then there's also the thing of there's a strong connection between the performers and the audience. Yes. And, and you have the ability to connect with people's real lives and connect with people's real references and, yeah. and, and, and be kind of spoken to directly in a way that you don't see in theater too often. Correct. So just like going back to like your experience of like a level one class where, you know, people aren't getting your references, you're not getting some of their, some of their references. Yeah. Um, there's obviously been like a huge gap in terms of kind of like how open and inclusive improv has been over the years. Yeah. Um, uh, what question am I asking with this exactly? Well, I guess I'm asking this. So there's been like, there've been like outreach initiatives over the years, but ultimately if you don't have a show that people want to come out and see, yeah. If you're not seeing people on stage that are able to kind of talk directly to you that you're able to connect with, there's not going to be much of a hook to get anybody interested in coming to see improv. Uh, am, I, see am, I, am I to see it? Um, yeah, I think it's more. Uh, I think it's even worse to get people to want to do it. Yes. But yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Talk Chris, about- are we boring you? Are you okay? My publicist has no idea what we're talking about right now. I'm talking yeah. about being left out. Yeah, sorry. 
Uh, yeah, go ahead. Talk about what? We're going to get very nerdy in a second. <laughs> We're going to get like super nitty gritty. I want to talk about like scene strategies. <laughs> soon. You, you, you're going to want to pay attention to this. You're going to like this part. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, I think it, 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 it starts... I can't think of anybody who starts improv by just like signing up for a class out of the blue. It starts because yeah, you, you see you see a show that yeah. like opens up something in you, and so it makes there's you a, a certain number of people in an audience. Yes, then a small percentage of that would want to try it. Yes, then an even smaller percentage will actually go try it. Yes, so you're already just whittling it down. Yes, yeah, it's yeah. very hard. Yeah. Um. And then, what are you asking about diversity? Yeah, yeah. I. All right, it's weird. It's some of it is one hundred percent right, and then some of it people have no idea. Um. My favorite type of comedy is definitely universal style of comedy, mm-hmm. where because I I started off in the quote unquote urban scene, mm-hmm. which I hate. I hate because it's like oh black shows. Oh, it'd be black shows and mainstream shows. This mm-hmm. is stand up. Mm-hmm. Black shows, mainstream shows. And I'm like, what? Why? Why is that? I love Seinfeld and I love Fresh Prince or whatever. You know what I'm saying? I love watching Tracy Morgan be a doofus on stage and I love uh, Louis C.K. constructing smart jokes. You know what I'm saying? And vice versa because it happens the other way around too. I hate that it's divided. Uh, that it has a, a way bigger, you know, social issue of the country we live in and politics and all that craziness. But, um, so when I started doing my shows, I always try to keep, uh, a diverse audience and a diverse, uh, uh, comedians, Mm -hmm. a bunch of comedians. I always had like girls, white guys, Latin guys, Indian guys, whatever. The main problem is the way we talk about diversity is too it's too constricting first of all i'll tell you one thing diverse people hate is being called diverse mm-hmm. we're just people you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. we hate that and i remember like it's just stupid like i understand what they're trying to go for but like like they try all these different initiatives all i know about is improv diversity initiatives i don't care about any other thing like when i was on radio they'd be like sales people that uh, we would like, you know, McDonald's has like the main ad buyer and then the black ad buyer. I didn't know. That. Yeah. Like all these companies have like a black or multicultural division mm-hmm. because they don't know if black people use toothpaste or not. Uh. Yeah. Guess what? We all do. Like it's not as different as you think, but there'd be like separate money from multicultural radio stations. So we, we'd have to sometimes meet with like the mainstream salespeople and then the multicultural one. I'm like, this is dumb. This is dumb, but whatever. So improv wise, they're like, how do we get more diverse and get more diverse people on stage? And I'm like, yo, it's, it, they just got to come see the shows. You want to, you, you're trying to put them on stage first. You should be bottom level figuring out how to invite more people to shows Mm -hmm. because you're only the only ones who are going to want to come on stage are the ones who are interested in trying it. So before they even get interested in trying it, they have to know it exists. Mm -hmm. They don't even, I'll tell you this. I used to stand online at UCB 
And across the street from UCB Chelsea are like some, I guess, low income housing, not projects, but just like, mm-hmm. there's definitely some like low income rent control type of housing. Right. So there's some like hood dudes that live across the street. And they would, sometimes they'd walk by and see me online and look at me like, Cypher Sounds? What is, what's, it, what's in there? Some porn shit or something? <laughs> what's in this weird basement under Gristini's supermarket? I'm like, nah, it's like a comedy show. And they would look at the other people online and be like, yeah, right. You know what I'm saying? Like, I've brought so many different people to come see improv just to like try to spread the word or show, you know, it's like I'm Jesus and I'm like spreading the gospel of improv. I'm like the hood Jesus. Um, But yeah, you got to just get people, just get people in the doors. Yeah. That's where it's going to start. You want to like do all these diversity programs and, scholarships who's who even knows what it is to sign up for the scholarship right. you know what i'm saying so that's what i that's what i wanted to do with my show just come laugh on a friday night that's it if you come up to me after and be like yo how'd you do that okay you seem interested mm-hmm. this is the classes this is where this happens this happens you know and explain it but you're not going to get that unless you get like just people in so how's it been going with your show? Just in terms of like getting people interested in the form. Uh, great. Like I started, um, I actually would, uh, I got a lot of people. I mean, I don't, I used to promote way harder. Now it kind of just lives it on its, its own, itself, yeah, yeah. which I'm happy about, but I also get upset because I'm not uh, reaching out enough. Yeah. Uh, like I always say this, like McDonald's still does TV commercials. Who doesn't know about McDonald's? Right. But so I need to get better at doing my TV commercials. Right. But um, yeah, there's a lot of people that come and then people were asking me about it to the point where I was like, oh, I want to teach. So I kind of like, for a little while, I was teaching my own improv class. And um, I, I got too busy and it's hard to like organize sure. an improv class yeah. without the school behind it or the theater behind it. But, but yeah, like I loved it. And there's kids now I see that took my class that are like in UCB classes or uh, doing some kind of comedy stuff, you know? What were you, just to like sidetrack for a second, what were you, what, what's your approach as a teacher? Uh, well, I learned on? everything how to teach from Christian Capazzoli. Okay. So um, I love uh, Christian Capazzoli. Uh, it's basically my approach was like um, being active, even if you don't know what's going on, like, you know, uh, just being like, you do you know four track style? Yeah, oh yeah. So yeah, like kind of like four track um, sense of teaching because I noticed I would get in my head a lot, especially in two hundred one and UCB, which I love UCB style, but I de- there's different kinds of improvisers, mm-hmm. and I would get in my head a lot, mm-hmm. and so that bothered me. Then when I learned four track, it just kept me out there. So that's what I try to teach first so that you don't get intimidated by trying to figure out the scene or the game right. first. Like no matter, even if you don't figure it out, you still could be making funny choices. Right. So that's what I try to teach people that. Cause I could see how one-on-one is fun. Class shows packed every time it's your first show. Everyone comes. It's fun. Two-on-one is where it like starts eating at your brain. And I can see where a lot of people kind of just fade away right. from improv. If you don't get over that hump. Yeah. And I pushed through it because I really wanted it. But there was times where I was like, I can't. I just took a 201 recently. It's hard. 
I took a 201 recently to go to figure out if I got it now. Yeah. And it was still hard. Yeah. You know? And I do it almost on a professional level now. Yeah. And it was still like hard, like to, 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 um, what's the term? Uh, not label scenes. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Frame. Frame. Like to frame a scene. And I was just like, ah. Oh. It's too much. And like four weeks, oh, it was an intensive. So like the fourth day, I was like, I'm, I'm going to leave. Yeah. It's stupid. Yeah. And I stuck with it. Then the last couple, I was better. I like, it's too much like mapping and, and, yeah. and blueprinting for me. I, I almost gave up improv f- for that reason. Yeah. Uh, until uh, Armando Diaz gave me a good piece of advice yeah. about games and scenes. And he was like, you can play a game without being able to, to explain what you're playing to anybody. You, you don't, yeah. need, you don't need to be able to spell it out to, yeah. to know it. And that, uh, that gave me a lot of confidence that yeah. I didn't have when I, I was that, like, yeah. I don't have the answer to this. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what the frame is. Yeah. I don't know what the game is. Yeah. And then I started learning about like other styles, other schools, philosophies, other theaters, philosophies, then I realized, okay, the UCB were friends that had similar playing styles. Right, yeah. And then they went and formed their own world with that style. Yeah. But then I looked deeper. I was like, oh, there's other styles. You can do other ways to play and other you know, philosophies on improv. Yeah. You know, if you ever meet Matt Besser, he's just like, you know, he has like a specific way like premise right premise first yeah i'm like sometimes you don't have it well then don't do that scene yeah like all right i, I think other ways yeah okay don't but do that scene but that's all right, man. you know he's a he's he's i respect that they have their ways and they stick to it yeah but you know everybody plays differently plays basketball differently djs differently plays guitar differently you know so for anybody who's listening to this who doesn't know the four track style is very physical, a lot of aggressive matching of each other yeah. at the very top of a scene. Right. You're, you're, soon you're, as you start. You're, you're moving hard and fast. Yeah. You're, 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 you're almost moving faster than you have time to think about. That's stuff. the point. Yeah. Yeah. The point of it is to match the other scene players so that you don't get in your head too much thinking about it. Yeah. You know, and just puts you right in. Yeah. You have to do it. If that guy says, oh, I love this fruit, you have to. I love this fruit too because of the because of this and because that and then the next person has to love the fruit the same way. Yeah, and you just it just rolls so much faster. I just did a four track show the other day that I haven't done in a while, and I was like, "Whoa, this is!" I remember why I like this so much. Right, because you're surprising yourself the entire time. Just in it. Yeah, just in it. So with the show, like take it personal, where yeah. you're going off of people's stories and you're breaking those stories down, and, yeah. and you're finding initiations and you're finding games. Um, how how do you take that style of play that you like and and kind of marry that with needing a little bit more of a premise at the top? Do you know what I mean? Like, it, do, yes. does, does that style of play, is that like easily transferable to a show where you now have to kind of do justice by these stories? Okay, yeah. So, um, so I think... Uh, especially a weekend crowd at UCB is a little different than weekdays. Mm-hmm. Weekdays, I'm sure this is with any theater. You get the improv nerds on yeah. weekdays, and then weekends you get people who are regular people going to see a comedy. It's their show. first stop of the night before they go out and right. have a good time. Right. So what I notice is that uh, sometimes weekend shows, or even ASCAT, will play like take the lowest hanging fruit of the monologue mm-hmm. 
and beat that to death. Mm-hmm. Where I or tell people in my show, do not treat this audience like they're lesser, like they don't know improv. Mm-hmm. I want great improv. If they don't get it, then it's just not for them. Mm-hmm. Don't dumb it down. So um, honor the guest stories, but not like the lowest hanging fruit. Like if we take just a premise from a story and go on a run with it, it's fine. doesn't have to be like, if he said he is a story where it involved him meeting Jay-Z, you, we don't have to play Jay-Z. Mm-hmm. We could just take meeting a celebrity mm-hmm. or meeting someone famous, you know? And I notice when I have sit-ins, they'll be like, oh, uh, you know, like really honor the monologue. I'm like, yeah, like to a point, make sure the audience knows where we're going, but don't dumb it down. Mm-hmm. I tell everybody, don't dumb it down. You have to go, like, I want good improv. That's my goal, to break that, mm-hmm. you know? What are you listening for in somebody's story? Like, how, how do you personally tend to listen to stories? Uh, what, what, do you, what are you I picking out? Yeah. I struggle with, I struggle with being the person initiating the interview. I, I have trouble listening to the story as an improviser mm. because I'm listening to, I'm a lot of people that do my show guest wise, um, hip hop celebrities have never done anything like this before. So I'm trying to make sure they're okay. Mm-hmm. And it takes me out of listening as an improviser. So they don't have like, they don't always necessarily have prepared stories. You're, you're interviewing them to make them feel comfortable. and, and no, them I tell them to have a prepared story, but mm-hmm. like sometimes if I see they're going to wrap it up too quickly, and they didn't give us enough details. I'll pride a little and get uh, more, um, got it more detail. So I'm listening for that. I can never, <laughs> I can never be in the first scene after the, um, monologue because I wasn't listening like the back wall is. Mm-hmm. And it always takes me a second to like get an idea initiation. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I almost, I struggle with initiating in my show. Cause I, I'm listening a different way. Yeah. I, I'm not a strong premise player. Yeah. So a lot of times I'll end up being like the third or fourth person to initiate yeah, a scene. Yeah. Let other people get the ideas out. And then I usually choose whatever like the emotional thing was in the story is usually what I go for. Yeah. I'll choose like whatever the simplest, clearest thing is to play. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not a super, like I'm not a strong premise guy. Like sometimes I'm happy when I get a good one, yeah. but definitely not my strong, my strong suit. Yeah. What do you think you're good at? Um, definitely. I'm great support. Yeah. Uh, definitely good at, um, great listener, great support. Um, uh, I'm uh, I have good ideas, but they're like half ideas. I guess they're called. You know, I'm a half idea guy yeah. too. I have, I love half ideas, and then I I always think everyone's gonna get this, and then they don't. They take it somewhere else. But so what? That's the beauty of improv. Yeah. Um. Um. Not. I don't. Oh, gee. I'm. Not, I'm kind of. I, I again. I learned this from Christian Capizzoli. Like I'm kind of stiff. So then I'll just take on a crazy form with my body so that it takes you somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Uh, you just like step out with that? Yeah, like I'll just have like a hunchback mm-hmm. or a limp or sit in a chair a weird way and then let that character embody that character of how a person sitting like that would be. Yeah. If I just come out standing straight up, it's just like, ugh, it's boring. Right into your head. Yeah, yeah. right away. Yeah. yeah, I gotta get out of my head. That's what I'm good If I I'm good at... um. If I'm playing someone like basically just 
playing me, I'm in my head too much. Mm. But if I do a voice or like a like a jock or mafia guy or clown, I go heavy into the character. Yeah. And I'll say anything. Yeah. Whereas playing myself, I kind of get a little nervous to say something. You're too close to yourself. And it's hard. It's hard. I I, I like uh, uh, Craig Kukowski. Have you ever done any of his classes? Mm-hmm. He's he's in LA, but he comes to New York every now and, right. and again. He says, you, the, you be yourself, but don't play yourself. Which yeah. I think is really good That's advice. That's good, yeah. Um, and it's true. If you find that you're playing yourself, you're like, you're so close to it that you can't feel what's funny about it. And, yeah. and it's almost like you have so many ideas and choices about shit that everything becomes like totally flat and, and, and bland. Yeah. You need that like filter on top of yourself that like, I, I don't know, you're, you're able to like use everything that you know and everything that you feel, but, but as it's passing through this filter, yeah. all of a sudden you're surprised by all this, by all this stuff that's coming out of your mouth. Yeah. Also a filter can cut the, cause there's infinite amount of choices. Yeah. That's where I struggle. Like, I could say anything. So what should I, what's the one thing I should say Yeah. where the filter cuts down a lot of those choices because they're like a, a, a PTA mom would not say this whole block of choices right here. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Or if she does, it's so crazy that it'll also work. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that filter puts you in like able to like cut down on the infinite amount of choices and gives you like a better scope. That's yeah. what I like. It's yeah. like a funnel. Yeah. I want to back up for a second. Yeah, back it up. Talking about just like being yourself, playing too close to yourself, finding a filter, finding a character, finding a voice. Uh, um, uh, so like in your life outside of of improv, you do a lot of comedy. You, I mean, you've DJed in like massive concerts. Yeah. Correct. Um, uh, but I want to go back to talking about how shy you are and, yeah. and that thing of like stepping into that character to like becoming that guy to be yeah. able to do your job. I, I've noticed a lot of people who make it to improv kind of have a similar thing, mm. feel in real life, very inhibited, very shy. Yeah. Um, so I, so I guess, I don't know if I have a question here or not. I guess I'm curious if you, why you think improv is so attractive to that type of person. And I guess the other part of my question, well, that'll be my first part. And then, yeah. cause the other, the other part's a big question. Uh, I never, I never thought about it like that. If improv attracts those people, I guess it makes sense though. Cause you want to, well, one, you're around a lot of people like you. So it's great to be in that community. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah, but like, you know, you could I don't, you could just be whatever you want on stage, you know? You could be anything. So it's 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 I think it's better than um I think it's better than acting because acting you have to like I don't know, put on a costume mm-hmm. and like read lines where this way you can just say whatever you want and uh I could definitely see how people who are shy, uh, even like, even public speaking type of shyness, improv helps. Yeah, um, it lets you just break out of that. That I don't know. I'm a. I can literally point to the time in my life where my life changed, and I'm now a better person because of it. I could walk into any room, anywhere. And like the remnants of being antisocial still rattle around in my brain, 
but now I know how to fight it and just initiate a conversation or get into like conversation in the room. How did, how, how did you think it, it's made you a better person? Um, just, that's the main thing. Like, uh, like I'm not scared to go anywhere now. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'll figure it out. I'll, you know, small talk. Uh, listening is a big part of it. Yeah. Listening helps you with everything. Yeah. Relationships, work, uh, definitely like social situations. Like that's the thing. Like a lot of people go into these, uh, go into these places, rooms, whatever. And instead of listening, you're thinking about what you're going to say next, mm-hmm. which is an improv no, no. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So you use that in life and you're like, just react to the, what the other person says and don't try to, think of what you're going to say next. Just react. If they say they a big fan of Harry Potter, react to that and ask a question about that. Oh, I've never, I've never read Harry Potter. What's so good about it? And they'll tell you, you know, if they're that much into it or whatever it is. So that helped me a lot. Listening helped me a lot. Um, and, uh, you know, like, um, s- stage presence, like I'm able to like, not just be huddled in a corner somewhere. I can like treat every room. Like, a like I talk to myself, going into an uncomfortable situation the same way I talk to myself right before I go on stage. Yeah. Like, so it's all like a show, you know? Yeah. And other people are doing the same thing too in their way. You know, every, everyone doesn't have it all together except like, you're not the only one that doesn't have it all together, but that's how it feels sometimes. It's hard not to feel that way. You know, like uh, everyone in there is so cool. Yeah. They figured it all out. Yeah. And then sometimes you hear those stories of another person that doesn't have it figured out. And you're like, really? I thought you had it figured out. And they go, I thought you had it figured out. And so you, the, the trick is to keep those stories. Cause it's funny. You kind of forget them the next day. And then you go, all right, this room, everyone definitely has it all figured out. Mm. No, they don't, you know, they don't have it all figured out. I, I get like, uh, I'm really interested in this because like you already have so much experience performing in front of yeah. people. So it, it, it's super interesting to me that improv still has something to teach you in terms of feeling comfortable with yourself and, and being able to be present in front of people and, yeah. and being able to be relaxed in front of people. I, I just like, because that's been my experience too. Improv changed my life. Yeah. And in a very similar way, I'm, I'm, I, I, when I'm not improvising, I'm very shy and I'm very, um, I feel like I have nothing figured out and yeah. I'm living my life wrong and everybody else has yeah. their shit together. Fraud. Fraud. Yeah. yeah. But improv, I'm able to step into my kind of like improv headspace yeah. where I trust myself and I trust the people around me. Yeah. And I feel like a different person and I feel like I'm a better person for it. I feel like I'm more, I'm more open. I'm more understanding. Yeah. I feel like I have a bigger heart when I'm, when I'm my improv guy, yeah. you Same know? Same thing. Yep. Um, so it, it, it just like, I don't know. It's an exciting thing to hear that even when you have so much experience, yeah. even when you're able to stand up and perform in huge venues, improv still has something beautiful like that to offer you. Yeah. Well, one of the, one of my biggest things that I did in life is my radio career Yeah, where I'm in a room by myself. You know what I'm saying? Like people think like, Oh, you're so, you know, you project so well, you have this radio personality. I'm like, yeah, no one's in the room with me or maybe like two friends. Yeah. Like, so that part of performing was always easy because yeah, I'm talking to 2 million people, but you're not thinking of it like that. I'm I'm just talking into a mic. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And then, um, DJing, 
like you you're usually like in a dark DJ booth. You could like if it's going well. This is before like I I now it doesn't matter. I'm crazy. I talk. I scream. I yell. Jump around. But before I was just like if it's not going well, like if I say something and it doesn't get a good reaction, just stop talking. Play hit records. Mm-hmm. So you always have an out. Stand up is where I learned like it's just you and the mic. So that's kind of why I like improv because it's you and a team. Mm-hmm. And we kind of fail together or win together as opposed to stand up where you're like, it's just me. It's hard to handle. Yeah. That's why so many stand ups are fucking bonkers. Yeah. But also very great people, you know. What's the difference like for you with with um like your relationship to the audience when you're doing stand up? Versus your relationship to the audience when you're improvising. I've never done stand-up, so yeah. I can't talk from experience. But I've heard people describe it to me as it's a little bit more combative. It's a little bit more like you got to kind of like, yeah, yeah. You got you got to win the audience. Yeah, you definitely over. You got to fight with them a little bit. Yeah. Whereas improv <laughs> is is generally people people are all rooting for you to succeed yeah. in the beginning. I wonder why. Yeah. I wonder. I don't know why that is. Yeah, with stand-up, you definitely get people that like. Uh, all right, make me laugh, buddy. Yeah. And I'm like, that's how you come into this? Like, this this choice of entertainment you made, like, make you laugh? Yeah, I'm, that's what that's what we do. But, like, don't make it, like, a adversarial thing. Yeah. You don't go to a baseball game and go, you know, like, you better win. Or maybe you do. I don't know. I don't know anything about sports. But, uh, yeah, you definitely feel a little more support and improv. Because I think, I think... This is what I think. I think improv is like uh, almost watching like, you know, the circuit, like a tightrope walker or something. Like people are like kind of like amazed Mm -hmm. and they don't have that that part of their brain like in a stand-up show. You know, like, yeah, I know the Comedy Cell is a great place. They're going to make me laugh. Or you go into an improv show and you're like, are they really going to make this up on the spot? It's impossible. Yeah. How do, and then when they... Cause it's a difference between good improv and bad improv. Oh yeah. Or like, you know, you've been to those shows and people leave like, what was that? Yeah. You know, and you're like, what was that? It's horrible. So, so change that to not just improv, but good improv Uh where the audience, the hour goes by or half hour, whatever the show is. And people are like, Whoa, it's over. Yeah. I can't believe they, how did they bring that back? Or when you said that lady was this and this and that. So, um, yeah, stand up is a little rough cause it's also by yourself. Maybe that's it too, that like in stand up, you're going in with the assumption that this person has basically said, I'm going to make you laugh tonight. Yeah. And so it kind of like rises up this like challenging thing. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. You think so? Yeah. Right. All right. Do yeah. it. Where like in improv, it, it, you are kind of a little bit amazed that people are able to do the next step and not fall down. Yeah. I've seen, I've been outside of stand up clubs and like random talk to random people. I'm like, yeah, I'm hosting the show or I'm on the show. And they're like, yeah, you better be funny. Yeah. Oh, yeah, thanks, buddy. Yeah. No one's ever said that to me at an improv show. Right. Yeah. Some people just like show up, not really in improv shows, but like some people show up to stand up shows just like ready to be pissed for no reason. Yeah. They just like show up drunk. They just like need a place to take out. Yeah. Being pissed. What are you like <laughs> dealing with like combative audiences or whatever? Like, I, I, I think like stand ups look down on improv sometimes. Oh, yeah. R- r- right. Times. Rightly so sometimes. No. Sometimes. Only because stand-ups do have to kind of learn through trial by fire how to become tougher. And improvisers 
And I, I mean, I count myself as one of these improvisers. Yeah. If I'm in a room that's not friendly to me, I just like, I fold, man. I, yeah. I like, I can't, I, I just want to like crawl inside myself and die. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I never developed that muscle to be able to like take the bullshit and, and, and let it Even roll on off stage? me. I mean, I can, I can get through a show. Yeah. I, I, I can get through a show and I've gotten through my share of bad shows and I've been yeah. through my share of like not friendly crowds, Yeah, but I don't have the stand up comedian's ability to like take that stuff good stand-ups seem to be able to take that shit and and turn it to their advantage yeah and for me it always feels like i gotta go sleep for two days now no they do too yeah a lot of stand-ups do too they just don't show it in that moment yeah but they yeah a lot of dudes i know a lot of dudes that that can't handle it oh like you heard like the thing like like you're killing yeah you're stand-up and you're killing everyone's laughing and then a stand-up will look at that one guy not laughing. Like, why isn't he laughing? Yeah. No, the other 168 people are laughing. Yeah. That guy is just whatever. He's, he might not even speak English. Like, like, why is not that guy laughing? Why is he laughing? Oh, man. I was in a show last night. It was kind of a small crowd, kind of a quiet crowd. But it was a fine show. And there was this couple in the back that were, like, whispering for, like, 20 minutes. And it was, like, a small enough crowd that I <laughs> yeah. could hear them whispering the entire time. And uh, like 30 minutes into the show, they got up and like loudly walked out. And I, I, I was like already questioning a choice I had made. I was like, I was not sure that I was like committing myself yeah. to a good thing in this. And that it fucked with me so bad. Yeah. And I still had 30 minutes to go in this show. And af- <laughs> after they left, man, it was like, I could not dig myself out of this hole. Was there any point where you wanted to chase after them and ask why they're leaving? I, yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Yeah. I did a show. I did a show one time where there was this couple talking in uh, the whole fucking show. Yeah. It's just me and my partner. We do an hour show together, just the two of us. This couple's talking in Russian the entire show. <laughs> so we're trying to like use it and make a joke out of it, yeah. and, and and they don't get it. We try to talk back to them and ask them to shut up. They don't get it. And eventually we did this thing where we were the scene had us at it like a mini golf yeah. place, and we were hitting balls over – off the stage into their corner and then going off in front of them to pick up the balls that we were losing and screaming at them to shut the fuck up. They kept on talking the entire show, ruined the show. It was just like a nightmare. Then after it was done, they left and I had a buddy in the audience who's Russian and he's like, Oh, do you know what they were, what they were talking about? It's like, no man, what were they talking about? Oh, they were breaking up during the show. I was like, oh, fuck me, man. You really don't know like what their problem is. It may have nothing to do with you, but it really fucks with you bad. Yeah. Especially improv where like, you know, there's hecklers in stand-up and there's ways to deal with it. Improv is so weird because you can't, like, stop the scene. No. Well, unless you're Anthony Atamanik. Yeah. But you can't just stop the scene and be, hey, please be quiet, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. It's weird. I have a show. I, yeah, like, in UCB East where I do my show every Friday, 9 o'clock, 8.30 for Spanish and Black people. Um, <laughs> there's a, uh, you can only see the front two rows and then the rest of the theaters is black. Yeah, super deep. Yeah, and I'm just looking at the front like, man, what's up with this lady right here? Yeah. You suck, lady. I gotta, I, I can't, I can't. I gotta take my mind off. If I see somebody not enjoying it, I gotta like check out from the audience sometimes. Yeah, yeah. And- well, it's, it's easier from an improv to do that. Yeah. You're definitely not, you know, stand up, you're just, you're, you have to, Pay attention to the audience. Yeah. Improv, you could go into your own world. Yeah. That's another nice thing about it, too. I think that's actually uh, maybe another reason that, like, I'm not saying all improvisers are try people. I've just noticed that there's, like, it, it, among actors, 
for instance, there's like a disproportionate number of people who like to entertain and perform. Yes. Among improvisers, there's a disproportionate number of people who tend to feel or describe themselves as being very yeah. introspective. But I, I think agree. I yeah. think that might be like a part of it too, is it, it gives you 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 are able to both be in front of the audience and feel their attention and at the same time kind of hide from yeah. them too. Yeah, so it's it, weird. It, you you get to hide publicly. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Um, yeah, it's not like, you know, just you you always know when there's those actors, actors yes. in an improv class or yes. an improv show. Immediately. And you know the difference. Yeah. yeah. And then some some are fine. Some are cool people. They're also great improvisers, but like there's definitely like it's, I've been in a it's couple just, it's classes. It's just a different energy. It's yeah. a different thing. I, I, I'm not saying it to put anybody down. Yeah. It's just a different energy. Yeah, especially like lower level classes where you know they're just doing it for, to have it on their resume. Yeah. But I've been in a couple classes where there's like these actor girls. Right. And I'm like, are you even listening to what the teacher's saying? Like, yeah. Whatever. You figure it out. You figure it out. So you, you, uh, you're developing a couple of TV shows now, right? Yes. Uh, improv related TV shows? Yeah. I'm trying to. Yeah. Um, so right, well now I convinced Title, which is Jay Z's streaming service, mm-hmm. to uh, do my my hip hop. I call it's take a personal show, yeah, but I call it hip hop improv because to take a personal name. I'm trying to get a bigger TV show, uh-huh. but so yeah, so uh, I just put up an episode today. Um, I don't know when you're gonna put this podcast out. Hopefully soon. Probably sometime. What's today? Today we're recording. I don't know this. what to don't say. It's what day is out. it? It's raining out. We're, this will be up uh, sometime early June. Okay, perfect. Twenty seventeen. Yeah. So today, in the past, yeah, of this day in June, when you're listening to this, uh, I put up an episode where I had Fat Joe mm-hmm. on my show, <clears throat> and um, and then I'm also developing an improv show. Uh, Alicia Keys is my partner and then I might have probably adding another big person as a partner. I can't say who, but, uh, so I'm working on that and that's looking really close. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, my goal in life is to get, my goal in life is to spread the word of improv in every which way. What I notice is a lot of improvisers do improv for a long time then get a break, whether it be SNL or, the office or I can list so many shows that have improvisers or movies, you know, like every Will Ferrell movie, like half the cast is improvisers mm-hmm. and um, they get, they do improv. They love it. They're in the improv fraternity. And then once they get their break or big gigs, they kind of forget about it. Mm-hmm. And it's always there like in their heart. Right. Yeah. Or like they'll come once in a while to, an old, you know, UCB or Second City or the Groundlings and do a guest appearance show or something. But my goal is to get those people. It, oh, my point is, I never, ever hear them talk about improv. Yeah, right. I've seen Tina Fey, Amy Poehler, uh, Zach Woods, uh, uh, the other kid from Silicon Valley, Middle Ditch, mm-hmm. whatever. I'm, uh, um, what's her name? Who came? Um, what's the other girl? That's on Last Man on Earth. Oh, uh, uh, Shaw. Uh, Christian Shaw. Shaw. Yeah. I watch all their interviews every time they're on Fallon or Conan. They never talk about improv, and I don't understand why. Yeah. All I want to do is talk about improv. Yeah. So I'm here on a rainy day. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And 
I, I, we, we should I, emphasize it's a real shitty day yeah, out there today. Disgusting. I don't know if you can visualize it, listener, but it's it's garbage. Whatever. Yeah. Um. So my goal is to get a show where I feature some of those people, and when we go do press, marketing, radio, TV, we talk about improv. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I want to do. And also, people say improv doesn't work on TV. It doesn't work on TV. I'm, and I always say it hasn't worked on TV yet. Yeah. Because I, like, I take an hour show and I, it's hard work. Um, I have people shoot it and I sit, I can't, I can't leave it to some non-improviser to edit it. I sit there with an editor and watch an hour improv show four or five times to get all the little intricate parts, the, the callbacks part of the monologue and I edit it down to about between 15 and 20 minutes to what I think is a great uh, length to watch just a random long form improv show on a screen. And I think I got it. I'm still working on it, but I think I got it to a good place where you get a piece of the story, some scenes that relate to that story and wrap it up in a nice bow mm-hmm. and, uh, and put it out. So the TV version I'm working on, uh, is a way more intricate, but I think it'll work. Yeah. Are you doing any like, is it just like straight improv or are you doing any like tricks for TV? There's all, you have to do tricks. Yeah. I wish I could just put a camera in front of a long form improv show and people would love it. But yeah, well, I, 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 I don't mean like, like editing. I mean, obviously you're going to like cut it down or whatnot, yeah. but I, I like, remember like Drew Carey. Had it, I know what you're saying. Yeah. Wait, what do you think? You were talking about whose line is it? No, he had another oh. one, like a green screen show where they would like animate characters oh. into it and oh, whatnot. Yeah. It, 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 I'm trying to make it as pure as possible. Right. So I'm trying to develop ways, like the way I'm selling it. I don't even say improv that much when I'm trying to sell it because that word improv to like, Networks is like evil. Like, yeah. oh, you can't do improv. That'll never work. Right. So I say I'm selling these celebrity stories. They've because a lot of people do my show and they told they tell never, never heard before stories. So that's oh, you're gonna hear these stories that have never been heard before from these celebrities. Smart. And then we're gonna do some scenes, you know. But yeah. I'm really trying to sell like the celebrity aspect of it, and I have it like um like I just worked on that show while and out. Nick Cannon's while and out. Mm-hmm. And they call that like an improvised show. And as an improviser, there is no improv on there whatsoever. Yeah. And it's not Nick Cannon's fault or anyone's fault. Nick Cannon never did improv. You know, he was an actor. And to him, it's like freestyle comedy. And I get that it's along the lines of what I do. But when you're like a pure improviser, you're looking at that show like, what the fuck? Come on, this yeah. is bullshit. So... But they hired me to teach some of the new cast members some improv games to get them more comfortable. And then they ended up hiring me for the whole time they were shooting because they were like, oh, you're great with this. Da, da, da. I was like writing jokes for people and, and, and just jumping on stage and teaching them how to do stuff like on the fly. And um, so my goal is to get uh, that style of show where it's like has a good fan base. Gets people, a lot of people watch it, celebrity guests, but doing much purer improv. Mm-hmm. And whose line is it anyway? You think whose line is it anyway is pure improv? 
It's like short form though. Yeah, I it, it, yeah, I'm not going to I'm not going to dump on who's under it anyway. I it, you would want to? No. No, cuz I mean that I mean that was my first time seeing any kind of Yeah, was it's the line. only And when I was a kid, I, I I was like blown away by it. And those guys are really good too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just not it's not the kind of stuff that we do. Yeah. But it's also like a lot of it's musical improv. Yeah. I don't know if you do musical improv. No. Um yeah, it's the only it's literally the only thing we can reference. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Or you could reference the time UCB had that well, I don't know if it was one episode or whatever it was on right, the Bravo. Ask show, yeah. the ask. That's all we have. Uh improv doesn't work on a screen. Nah, it's not, can't be. Yeah. Can't be. There's gotta be a way. I did my four-year anniversary with Black Thought. That was the first show on title. Mm. It definitely works. There's definitely like, and I had to cut some stuff out. It's definitely not like being in the theater. Right. It's definitely people watching on a screen. Right. And this, this line is not going to make any sense because it was something that happened at the show that I had to edit out of the story. So it's not going to, even though the laugh was huge, it won't make sense. So I got to cut it. Yeah. You know, but I think it'll work. No, it's going to It will work. work. Yeah. Hell yeah. Right, Jacob? <laughs> Jacob. Oh, that's Jacob. That's Sorry, white people all look the same to me. I agree. All right. Let's talk about Magnum Condoms now. Okay. I just want to ask Jacob, do you know the words to R. Kelly Ignition Remix? I know. Do you have an air horn? Uh, mm-hmm. Wow. You watch The Wire? Where did you watch The Wire? In college? Yeah. I know Jacob. Wow. <laughs> Thanks for talking, man. No, it's been thanks, a real man. pleasure. It's done? We're finished? Yeah, we're done. Okay. Uh, if there's any uh, diverse people listening, do improv. Yeah. Spread the word. I agree. I just did it. I just spread the word. Everybody should be doing improv. Improv is one of the best things you could ever do with your Absolutely. life. Absolutely. It makes such a huge difference on your life and everybody should be doing it. And it, it, you know, it, it's a great way for people to meet each other and talk to each other and get to know each other. You know what I mean? Like it's a, it do improv. What about all the hot guys? There are a lot of hot guys, (laughs) tons of hot guys. And if you like, (laughs) if you like wire references and air horns, there's a lot of white guys in improv who can supply (laughs) you with that. Like an air horns. I've never heard that before. Thanks, man. Uh, uh, Is there anything specific you want to plug before we go? Um, uh, I have a new show. On True TV mm-hmm. that was just announced that starts in September. It's called Laugh Mobs Laugh Tracks. So please watch that. And let me tell you why I want you to watch it. It's going to be a great show. But besides that, I need to get more popular and famous <laughs> so that I can spread the word of improv more. Yeah. So you help me because I'm assuming most people listening to this are improv nerds. Yeah. Please help me get more famous. And then I'll take that fame Money bitches, of course, but besides that, I will spread the word of improv and we will get more shows, more theaters, more money in improv because this whole free shit is for the birds, yo. For the birds. That sounds like a win-win thing to me. Everybody. Let's get a little money with this improv flowing. Hell yeah. I want to be the Donald Trump of improv. <laughs> I shouldn't have said that. No. Move. No. I shouldn't have said that. This was such a good conversation. And just, you really brought it down. Uh, everyone everyone damn. is feeling so sad now. <laughs> Holy shit. 
I told you I like to take the plane right into the ground. Cyber, thanks, man. Uh, thank all of you guys for listening. It's been the Magnet Theater Podcast. Thank you to Evan Ford Barden, our producer, Ed Herbstman, our executive producer. Thank you to uh, Joe Glasgow, our engineer for today. Uh, mention us on social media. It will make you happy. It will make us happy. All right, everyone. Thank you very much. Goodbye. You've been listening to the Magnet Podcast. This podcast has been brought to you by the Magnet Training Center, where we teach classes in improvisation, sketch writing, musical improv, storytelling, and more. If you're interested in checking us out, we offer free weekly intro to improv classes. You can find out more about those free intro classes and all other classes we offer at magnettheater.com. Our podcast is available on SoundCloud, Stitcher, and iTunes. And if you've enjoyed this episode, please head over to iTunes and give us a positive rating. We appreciate the support. Also, be sure to check out the Magnet Theater for top-notch comedy shows seven nights a week. All information regarding classes and shows can be found at magnettheater.com.